Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb And welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us today, we have a special guest, Queen of the Movies by Minutes podcast, <laughs> Tierney from Never Ending Minute and Return to Oz Minute. Ah, I'm pretty sure I'm just one of Crystal Beth's ladies in waiting, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Close enough, but but thank you very much for joining us, Tierney. Oh, thanks for having me. This is great. I, I'm catching the end of a party today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to the end of the show. And, we, and today... We are here to talk about Minute 15. Sean, give us that summary. All right. So uh, so Minute 15, uh, Phil kind of wraps up his report. Uh, Rita wishes he would give it with not so much sarcasm, but he is happy to get out of town. And then, uh, well, we experience some trouble on the road with, with said getting out of town. We're at the end of the broadcast here. Phil, uh, the groundhog, has given his... Uh, proclamation and it just like phil is really like just seems not just like aggravated and our usual we've seen him this whole it's like he just seems tired and it's like well let's see phil yeah you had no breakfast you you took the walk we decided it was about three or four blocks Mm -hmm. you know uh he's off he's working off of a small cup of coffee and and a a wet pant leg from stepping in the pot (laughs) but he's he's worked all of I mean, this is once he reaches the knob, you know, once he reaches Gobbler's Knob, it seems like everything goes kind of in real time. And it's been three, four minutes. And that's, <laughs> yeah, like that's all, the, all this is. That's all People get really excited. <laughs> People get so excited for Groundhog Day. This is this is it. It's about two minutes. <laughs> and that's it. And well, I guess he's he's they're going to go back to Pittsburgh and he's trying to do the the, the 10 o'clock or. Or whatever tonight, but like he's basically done for the day. Like, how tired can he be? Yeah, I I, I think that's what bums me out is, you know, Phil is not even um, he's not even attempting to act. Like he gave a better presentation to Mrs. Lancaster in her <laughs> in her dining room, being super passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it without any context, you're thinking, well, that's a really good presentation of the weather. Like he's, you know, you know, but you, you know, we see with context, he's being rude to her. Right. Mm. But if here, yeah, he seems tired and aggravated and Rita would, yeah, like for him to do it again. But what stinks is that like, this is going up vir- virtually live. I'm not saying like Larry's broadcasting it directly right now to the van, but like they want to do it, flip it and send it to Pittsburgh like ASAP because like every other network across the country who's got the cameras here, they're going to be doing it. And for Pittsburgh to look like they're like 10, 15 minutes behind, isn't going to look good for their broadcast. Right. So, yeah, he, he you know gets I mean? up at six. They're doing maybe at seven o'clock and they want to get the, you know, get it turned around and upload it for the morning. news. Well, yeah, they got to get this before the morning right. rush, you know? They want to get this between before six thirty seven, where people are still eating breakfast, drinking coffee. They want to get the groundhog thing in, and for yeah. that to like drag over into like because of yeah because of Phil's dragging his feet, being so annoyed. Uh, it's like whatever this fictional network that Phil says he's going to get picked up for, whatever this big city thing is, they're going to look at like they're going to look at his like references and his sources, 
And I'm like, all right, let's see what he's been doing recently. And they're going to go through that. And if they go through his groundhog thing, it's like, this guy on location sucks. Like, we don't want him. He's like, he can't, he can't act out there. You know, that's what they're going to see him as. And no one's going to want him. So he's hurting himself. It's only good in a studio. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it's like, and how, yeah, do you really want to pay a guy to sit around in an air-conditioned studio all day? Although, this is setting me up perfectly for what I discovered might be my favorite Bill Murray quote okay. while I was s- scanning things over, researching for this movie. Uh, his, on his quote section in IMDb says, movie acting suits me because I only need to be good for 90 seconds at a time. <laughs> and I love that. That's so appropriate. That's <laughs> but it, you're right. It is sad that Phil can't even pull that off. Well, and so we, yeah, we've seen him, like, like Dave said, the little weather chit chat he gave to Mrs. Lancaster at the B&B. Like, we know he can fake it. He can fake the enthusiasm. And this is his fourth year in a row, as he's remi- as he reminded us back in the studio. This is his yeah. fourth year doing this. And like, okay, you don't have to come up with something new, but you hopefully you said something more inspiring last year than, you know, <laughs> you know, the television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. <laughs> just no whatever you said last year, say it again. Like just, yeah. yeah. And and because so this I makes this makes me think of like the the disgruntled people at your office that mess up the littlest thing. And then they're like, you know, I'm better than this. I have more talent. I, I, I should be, I should be in management, or I should be handling, you know, more important tasks or bigger projects. And like you said, Dave, like if he can't get this right, then yeah. what New York's going to trust him? Some big network in a bigger. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like if you can't do the little things, this isn't, yeah. you know, maybe in school. With like the precious little snowflakes, they say, oh, little Timmy's bored. And that's why he's not doing well. He needs to be challenged. Like in the real world, it's like, no, if, if I can't trust you with the little things, yeah. why am I going to trust you with a big thing? Yeah, it's this is not a case of, oh, man, he's real hard ass and he, he's this and that. But but damn it, when you give him the job, he does the job. You know, it's not like that. It's like watch those first eight seconds again on mute. Just look at him. His uh-huh. face looks down. He just you know his eyes look heavy he like no smiles he he, he, he just, yeah he looks like he just rolled out of bed yeah his eyes are puffy he doesn't look yeah. good yeah i kind of like i would be more sympathetic if he was like if he was a bully if he was like rita you know you should have had coffee a, a cup of coffee ready for me if he's pushing larry around like oh you got to stand here because the lights there like if he was a perfectionist kind of bully i'd at least be more sympathetic like yes he is trying to get out of this small station in a small city and he is at least driven but now he's like you're mean to people for nothing you know it's yeah. not not like a goal of of being a perfectionist and trying to make sure it gets well done it's like you don't care yeah, because uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to call him Chris Elliott. Larry uh, calls him a diva, but he's not even being a diva right. in this scene. Yeah, right. He's literally just wants to go back to bed, it looks like. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, that's what it is. You put that on mute, his face just looks like, I don't want to. That's how he's talking, and, and, like, just with, in mute. I don't want to be here and just drops the mic. And I'm guessing Larry was still recording it, so like they would have to cut that short. Because I can't show him doing this, yep. like, oh, I did it there. <laughs> well, unless they want to 
sabotage him. Well, I mean, like, you know, Rita, you know, we were talking about this earlier in the movie. Like, I think Rita really was pushing, you know, she says all those nice things, but I think she really was pushing for like an all day affair of getting the most out of the of mm-hmm. the buck they had to pay to get the gas to go here, to pay for three people mm-hmm. to drive to, you know, an hour out of the ta- out of the city. So, oh, uh, car. I'm being very <laughs> quiet while a car alarm goes <laughs> off. No, uh, so yeah, so she's you know she's like I'm trying to make the most out of this trip, and she knows Phil was being rude, but this is like the one thing that like the mandatory thing he had to do. It was the mandatory thing that she had to get him to do. You know she can't get him to report on the the barrel fires and the dancing and the singing. She can't get him to report on the locals coming into town. She can't get him to report on any of this. But she's like at least I'll get him to report on the groundhog, and even then. He is so not trying to do his own actual yeah. job. And she's like, well, I need you to do this again because like, it's going to look reflect bad on me and Larry that we can't even organize like a simple not yeah, 90 second uh, recording of, of an event. And that's the thing is they can't record the groundhog part. So they have to record him doing the sign off again and then have to like edit it in post and then send it to Pittsburgh saying, all right, before the morning rush, see if yeah, you can they can't like oh here. put the groundhog back in his hole and pull him out again. And they're not going to redo that for them. And yeah, it's yeah. it's truly a case where literally, like Phil, you had one job. Yeah, and it wasn't a hard job, and it wasn't going to take very long. And, and she and she didn't peck on him about dinner. She did. She got him the nice, be, you know, the which I you know going mm-hmm. at least by opinions, I think of the bed and breakfast mm-hmm. probably was a better stay than the hotel. I mean. Like like we said, like she and Larry were fine with the hotel. They were close to Gobbler's Knob, as you can see, it's right across the street. So Rita was more than happy to like be right near the action. He doesn't, you know, he wants to be away from it. So she's doing her part as a yeah. producer. She is organizing, yeah. and she's like, "I need you, Phil. If I can't get you to report on anything in this town, I need you to at least to do the one mandatory thing that I can bring back to the studio." And even yeah, then, and, and you are failing. so. This, um, I mean, we've we've seen it the last 14 minutes leading up to this, but I think this is really a big point where um, just Phil is not good at being Phil. And that's a, it's a big thing in, I think this is common to, if not every religion and every philosophy, certainly most of them, there's some component to every school of thought, some component of knowing yourself and being yourself and just, you know, working within who you are and, and knowing your place within the universe, whether that, you know, whether it's a religion that believes in a God or gods and knowing your place as a mortal amongst the, the supernatural or, you know, an atheistic philosophy like existentialism or nihilism, where it's, you know, knowing yourself within an uncaring universe that, that that's like the key to enlightenment, the key to happiness, the key to success is that self-realization and and comfort with being yourself. And here we see Phil is really uncomfortable. He's, he's a weatherman and this is what you got to do. You got to sell us the groundhog. This is part of the job. And it's like, if you don't want to do that, if you're a weatherman who, who isn't a weatherman, then who are you? My goodness, Sean, it's almost like you've set up a story for a movie. 
It's almost to like be I've released seen in it. 1993, starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. <laughs> it's it's almost like I've seen this movie before. But yeah, so I think I think this is is setting up for for what we're gonna see. It's it, it, we're really because what we've gotten before is okay. Maybe this is someone who isn't enjoying life, and maybe this isn't someone who has great relationships with his coworkers and maybe this isn't really a nice guy. We've we've seen that. But now we're getting to the point where like just like Phil doesn't like Phil. When you when you when you get to this where it's like really like you you need to work 90 seconds today and you just need to like feign like not even excitement, at least interest yeah. in in the groundhog. And yes, it's yeah you know, uh, to, to be a little nihilist, it's completely meaningless. We all know the groundhog does not predict the weather. He could have said his exact yeah. line. And you're right. If he just didn't glance down, you know, yeah. if he if he said his exact line mm-hmm. with a smile on his face, she might still have asked him to do it again. But, but well, yeah, he would sell it more. Right. <laughs> and we know we know from his weather forecast where he's talking about Oh, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, the forecast calls for lots of trees. And he yeah. kind of sells it. Like if he sells it, you know, the, the squirrel thing, like that's kind of funny. Like a, a, a large squirrel, haha, you know, it's not mm-hmm. a large squirrel. It's a groundhog. He's being, you know, he's he's purposely being incorrect. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. he could sell it. Yeah, the <laughs> same line just with the right attitude. It could work the way this guy yeah. does it. It wouldn't work the way... Rita wants it to work, well, no. but it would work to the point where he could say like, no, that's, that's it. That's, that's my interpretation of this scene. And now we're leaving. <laughs> yeah. So what it, they can, I don't like they, he could sell it I, at least to where they can air it. What they have here. Yeah. Like, can they, is that useful at all? Are they just going to be like, well, this is what we got. We no. got to do it or it's. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she gives this look after he leaves it right before he's saying that, yeah, the prima donna line. I think she's got Rita has this look looking at Larry like, is there anything that you could do to help me get Phil? And he's just got given this like, nah, like I know Phil long enough to know when he's set in his grumpy way, like it just is. And, you know, when we were going into the next scene of them driving during you know, the storm, you can look at the look at Rita's face on the back there. She's got this like this like annoyed dead eye stare because she has to, and like mm. I'm sure she's like it's hard to see. She's probably looking daggers in the back of Phil's head. Cause she's like, I have, to, I, I'm the team leader on this. And I have to explain that on like one of my first outings, uh, we couldn't get the one thing we were there to do. Like she probably pitched. Like I think, I honestly think she was pitching all these ideas of what we're going to do in the town. And maybe the head of the, uh, the, uh, the networks were like, yeah, sounds good. Or like, yeah. all right, if you can get Phil to do it, like we'll sign off on it. But now I need, yeah. we need a sad bell. Well, because Rita has been so upbeat. She has been smiling, giddy, everything from the. the <laughs> <laughs> there you Thank you. Our sad whistle. I mean, we see her when we first meet her in the TV station. She's got the blue coat in front of the blue screen. She's kind of goofing off. And then on the ride up, she's like, oh, the cute little groundhog, he, you know, he peeks his head up out of his hole. He sees a shadow. He doesn't see a shadow. Like she's so happy. She's so upbeat. She's like, even this morning, just four minutes ago, she's straightening Phil's tie, getting ready for the shoot. It's going to be so much fun. And yeah, like you said, Dave, she's just sitting in the back of that van. He destroys her in less just, than an hour. 
Aww. <laughs> Aww. Although, to be fair, yeah. I, I I get the groundhogs being cute, but also people are handling them and they need to be really, really careful about that because groundhog bites would be oh. nothing to to joke about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that later. Um, okay. I just, I just yeah. had to put the they're... PSA out there. I have a friend who had to get rabies shots. They seem Ooh. incredibly painful. Don't mess yes. around. <laughs> yeah. We, we should say, we, we, we've said it before, but we'll repeat the... The gopher handling, um, or the grouse, sorry, excuse me. Not oh, the, go- the groundhog. Oh, please edit that. Wrong show. The, the, gra- <laughs> the groundhog uh, handling in the movie was done by professionals. So, yes. yeah, do not handle groundhogs on your own. Yeah. They are they are wild animals, and they do yeah. have Thank you. big teeth. And I'll bet the gopher and- in that other Bill Murray movie that had a gopher, and it was handled by professional puppeteers. So it works on all levels. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess just Bill Murray has a thing for movies with, uh, with well, I guess a gopher is a rodent, but a groundhog is a marmot. Um, huh. Yeah, but don't yeah, they're not rodents, but they're they're rodent like anyway. They're oh. small fuzzy animals, but they're wild. Is is what um, we're saying. And no, I was just gonna say, uh, uh, speaking of mixing up wild things, I owe an apology to Chris Elliott, who apparently the entire time that I was like, yeah, sure. I'd love to be on Groundhog Minute. Mm -hmm. I completely forgot. He's a separate person from Daniel Stern. They are not (laughs) the same actor. In my mind, I was so sure that Daniel Stern was in this movie. I was Absolutely. Yeah. The guy from 100% Home Alone. Convinced that it was the guy from Home Alone. And then the minute you sent me the minutes, I was like, oh, no. That's a different guy. Yeah. And then I, I looked at the IMDb page. I'm like, yep, nope. And I've seen them both in many, many things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my official apology. You know, I want to say, I looked, I like typed both their names in, and actually a few lists came up of celebrities that a lot of people confuse. So I'm going to give that to you, okay? Don't don't beat yourself yes, up. Yes, I'm not alone. I, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I I haven't heard that before, but now that you mention it, <laughs> I could see. Yeah, yeah, he's like a, a young Daniel yeah. Stern. Well, because he, and he's also wearing, he, the hair. Tall. The hair is different, hair? but Larry's wearing a hat like the whole movie. Like even when he's inside, he's wearing yeah. a ski cap. We never really get to see Larry's <laughs> hair, do we? So yeah. So 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 yeah. So we got Larry. Now we're driving. And yeah, we only we only see the van and a snow pl- and a snowplow truck. Yeah. It's the only we see on the road leaving, <sighs> heading to the interstate. And I love that I love that little salt that that he throws at Phil. Like, oh, I don't know, Phil. Like, this is that that storm we're not supposed <laughs> to get. Because like, I'm sure the whole time, Larry now, he, Larry knows he's like, I'm in the middle of the storm. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. I could do. I'm driving my my coworkers and like thousands of dollars of equipment in this van. I gotta like make sure I don't crash this and kill us and or get you know like like damage this van and the network's gonna fire me. Right. So he's got this whole thing and he's aggravated. He's like, just get me back to Pittsburgh. And when it's like a, he's a probably aggravated because he sees a jackknife truck that's blocking the only way out in the highway. And uh, that's it. He's like, I gotta throw this at I gotta throw this at Phil. He wants us to get out, and here we are mm-hmm. because he wouldn't let us hang around. And like if we hung around, we'd know there's a blizzard and we wouldn't leave and. We'd be safe, and now we're stuck on the road freezing. Oh, 
<laughs> well, I'm so annoyed. Well, all right. First of all, I wanted to give a quick shout out to whoever did the music for this movie, oh, which yeah. I guess I could have looked up, but it is fantastic. It really, it really builds the mood in this scene when they're driving away. But also, very not cool of Phil to have his window <laughs> yeah, open the colon. as they're rolling up to this stop yeah, on so- the highway. <laughs> I mean, he closes it when he gets out. I will give him that credit, but <laughs> yeah. So why? it's uh, it was George Fenton who uh, who did the music, and yeah, wonderful point because it does get um, I don't know, mystical or fantastical, whimsical. Yes, whimsical. Thank you. I would say whimsical. Like yeah. it kind of like whimsical it's a cue of ooh, something's happening. The blizzard we weren't supposed mm-hmm. to get. Yeah, it is. It is really good. Magical snow music. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, there's so much snow on the road right now. It is like so dangerous to drive, and, and like yeah, and, and you know, like I know there's like a, it sounds like a dumb joke that Chris Elliott's like no one honks this horn but me, but it's another thing. It's just like look, yeah. this is my like little domain I have here. Like I'm in charge of all this, right. and it's my butt on the line if something goes wrong. So stop yeah. trying to like I, I don't have much driving in the snow, but I've got a camera, I've got a van. Yeah. They're mine. Don't touch them. A van that probably doesn't do very yeah. well in three to four inches of snow no. already. I'm guessing they don't have snow tires on that thing. Def- definitely doesn't have all-wheel yeah. drive. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just doing the best he Yeah. Can. And so it's interesting. So in the in the original script by, by Danny Rubin, there's actually like a running um, – not a running gag or it's a, a running thing in – uh, in the repeating days that Phil goes through that he keeps trying to get out of town and it never snows in Punxsutawney, but whatever direction he goes in, it's always blizzard. Um, so I think in terms like mm. it, the actual movie, this is the only scene after, after today, they don't show him trying to get out of town um, anymore. In fact, at one point he actually like he's pulling like the distributor cap or the spark plugs out of the van just to, to keep them from from even trying to um, <laughs> reverse psychology. Yeah, but yeah, but so yeah, in the in the screenplay, there's like a little thing of like just just to to emphasize more the supernatural nature of of this experience that the entire. The entire city or the town or hamlet or whatever of Punxsutawney is surrounded by blizzard. All the roads are closed. He just, no matter how many times he tries, he can't get out of town. And then, of course, he wakes up again back in his bed. Um, so there's a little bit of that hint in in the whimsy of the music. And we see um, the first couple times I saw this, I thought it was a tunnel that they're coming up against. But now I think it's just, it's like a, just a regular highway overpass, overpass. but there's a, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a large truck that's kind of yeah. turned sideways from the, the snow and the ice that's trapping yeah. them. And I'll, I'll have questions about that truck tomorrow, <laughs> but um, no, I, I was really excited and I didn't write down the name of it, but this is the same expressway used in the blues brothers, apparently. Oh, and one of the big chase scenes. Which- yeah. Well, I guess what they're what, yeah. that's that's so filmed around Illinois, right? There's such a thing as Eskimo <laughs> movies. Okay. Like if they have the same Eskimo, if they film in the same places, even though they're not portraying the same things, like it feels like there should be some sort of yeah. special connection. Yeah. There. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Kids do not like Google that. that, but. <laughs> 
Yeah, because oh, they so yeah, when they with the initial drive into Punxsutawney, oh, yeah. that was filmed on location. So those are actual when they're leaving Pittsburgh, those are actual roads leaving Pittsburgh. But for this bit, yeah, okay. so this bit is all filmed around Woodstock, Illinois. So Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that yeah, yeah, uh Tierney, that that sign, mm-hmm. the the welcome but mm-hmm. that's a fake sign. It's kind of based on the real town sign but like it's a fake sign that's made for the movie because you show the map of the town and it's a fictionalized version of it that makes sense because i mean growing up in the northeast and every year since this movie came out you're Mm -hmm. aware of punxsutawney phil and groundhog day and you must must know what he predicted and check that out so i knew it was a fictionalized version of the town but it that that makes sense when they're driving mm-hmm. past the sign. Yeah. It's still like a nice little road. That's a normal thing. And then by the time you get them stopped on the highway, right. everything is that white bleak blizzard. Yeah. Well, filter, this is actually using um, on the camera. Harold Ramis talks about it mm-hmm. in the, the director's commentary. So it was it was cold, but it was about it was in the 40s when they're shooting this. And so this is all fake. This blizzard is completely fake. In the background, they covered the hills with white blankets. You can kind of see on the side of the road the the white ground. That's just they covered just white blankets, and then they had an ice machine just creating ice, and and they had fans like just throwing snow at them for this uh, this fake blizzard. Hmm. Yeah, you don't need yeah you don't need too much to get the illusion because yeah most of your 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 site's gonna be on. Phil and they're throwing so much of that fake that I'm guessing if this is is this fake snow or is this actual like ice shavings that they're throwing at uh Bill Murray? I think this is I oh. think it's ice shavings, yeah. From to hear how Ramis talk about it, like this is ice shaving, so it's not real snow okay. from the sky, but it's real frozen water. And it so. makes sense because you're fo- it's so you're focused on the road as long as you get that right. I mean, unless someone mm-hmm. breaks it down minute by minute and looks at each frame, they're not going to notice the blankets, yeah. Well, and they they framed it really well. I guess they they have people that scout out locations and and things. So there's kind of there's an overpass. There's barriers or raised though like the roads kind of mm-hmm. sunken. There's barriers on either side. Then there's the overpass. Like there's your field of vision yeah. is very narrow. So it's not like they had to cover a whole town in white to yeah. make it look like it's snowing. They just have this one little stretch of road. Yeah. Which they did a pretty good job. I mean, this the snow looks pretty deep. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a real mess. Um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's my notes for this minute. What do you? You guys have anything else? Because I'm I'm excited to see if Phil can help move this truck and maybe they can get on their way. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I've got I've got stuff next minute, but I think that covers fifteen. Yep. yep. For no, me. My, I have questions. Like I said, I have questions about that truck, but I first <laughs> thought of them when reviewing the next minute, so I will stick to my notes. <laughs> All right, all right. Sounds like we all we all have some some good stuff for tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. uh, listeners, thanks for listening. Be sure to come back. You know, we we've got that tea. So come back tomorrow. Uh, Tierney, there I, is a tomorrow. I hope we can. <laughs> if there is, on our line. Yeah. Oh, that's our line. Yeah. I mean, in my defense, it is one of the lines from this movie. It is, so yeah. it's not like, it's not like I plucked it out like, of obscurity. Yeah. We can't. We're not the only people that have seen the movie. <laughs> um, but so, Tierney, if folks want to hear more of uh, 
of you doing movies one minute at a time? Oh, Where can man. they find they you? They can check out return to Ozminute.com that has the 1985 Disney live action sequel to the wizard of Oz starring for Zabalg. This all pre- sounds pretty intriguing. It is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we do that minute by minute with Mike Carlucci and it's, it's wrapped. It's all there. And then we have never ending minute, which is part of growlermedia.com. We've wrapped the never ending story. We have both said we're going to do something. We're not going to do the sequels minute by minute, but we're going to cover the sequels mm-hmm. and then somehow lost our motivation there. So those <laughs> are coming at some point. It's very hard to like psych yourself up for, uh, for those. <laughs> and eventually, hopefully I haven't bought the URL yet. Although uh, there's mash minute on Twitter. I did grab the Twitter. Right. Handle, well, at least. That's step one. Uh, that is forthcoming. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. <laughs> yeah. And that sounds really interesting. So the way you described it to me is you're going to do or the, the plan at the end anyway, yeah. at this point is do the mash movie yeah. one minute at a time, kind of like what we're doing here with Groundhog Day and then follow it up with the mash series, the television show one episode at yeah, a time. I would like to be podcasting <laughs> for the rest of my life. Uh, so yeah, that's this what seems like the way like, to but- do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's um my co-host Megan Coleman and I bonded over the series, but I enjoy the movie and there's mm-hmm. a lot to get it. It's a Robert Altman movie. For those of you who don't know, it came out in 1970. Mm-hmm. It was his breakthrough yeah. hit. It kind of made his name. And so it, and it's also fascinating because the more I read about it, the more I realize like, wow, this movie is really problematic. Like there's so much to dig into if you're oh, yeah, a history certainly. nerd like I am. <laughs> so I, I'm really looking forward to doing it minute by minute. But I also wanted to promise her, like, we will talk about Alan Alda someday. <laughs> like, please just come on this magical side adventure with me to Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould. And then someday we will talk about the actors you know and love already. There you go. So, yeah, we're, we're still in the research phase at this point, which is why I don't have a release date for that. but. It's it's getting yeah. there and it's it's really exciting. The more the more I dig into it, the more I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be great. Like, trying to figure out like, oh, I gotta have this person guest on it. This will require actually setting up the schedule. Oops. Yeah. All right. Well that's that's yeah. in the future. And and folks, they have, you know, you've got the never ending minute and return to Oz to to keep <laughs> people full for folks to listen to until uh until the mash thing comes together. It'll be good. So uh, that's it for us. Uh, we want to thank you, uh, brave listeners, for uh, getting through this weather. And, um, you know, we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. Well, we'll try it again without the sarcasm. <laughs> we got it. <laughs>